We are SC Podcast, Washington State pregame edition. Uh, big game Friday night in Pullman. Uh, Trojans sitting at 4-0, Washington State sitting at 4-0. Uh, don't think a lot of people expected this uh, to be a big matchup heading into the heart of the SC schedule, but uh, the Trojans sitting at number 5, Washington State sitting at number 16, and uh, at least as far as the Cougars are concerned, uh, we heard one report from Pullman that said they are talking about this game up there as the game of the century uh, for them. This is Mike Leach's sixth season in charge of the Washington State program, and uh, he's finally got things the way that he wants them. Obviously, Mike Leach does things his way, and uh, th- this is fully his program now, his players uh, that he has recruited to fit his system, and then uh, they are playing good football. Um, the teams on their schedule have not been USC. Let's be clear about that. They have beaten Montana State 31-zip. to zip. Uh, They beat Boise State in overtime. They uh, got Oregon State 52-23, to and then they pretty much trounced Nevada last week uh, 45-7. to uh, But the thing that jumps out at you, first of all, when, when you look at this Washington State team, uh, is obviously quarterback Luke Falk. Uh, he's a guy the Trojans have seen before. He came in in relief of the injured Connor Halliday uh, several years ago when he was a redshirt freshman, and he uh, threw the ball uh, over 50 times against the Trojans, and that was definitely a precursor of things to come because Luke Falk has pretty much been throwing it all over the place his entire career but really what when you look at what he has been doing this year it's it's truly impressive at least when you're talking sheer numbers uh 130 of 169 that's a 77 percent completion percentage it leads the nation obviously uh when you're putting up a number like that that's just crazy it shows not many balls are hitting the ground and he's also backing that up with a 14 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio which means he's not making a lot of mistakes Uh, one thing that's different about the cougars this year is uh in the past they may have had a couple guys at the top of the receiving list and that's not really the case this year they spread the ball around to 10 different receivers a lot but the leading receiver is a running back uh in james williams uh in fact, the two the two running backs out of the backfield have combined for 50 catches this year. So they do throw the ball to the running backs, and it's mostly, uh, to all the receivers, mostly intermediate and short stuff. As you'll hear later in our interview with Akili Ross, they don't throw the ball deep a lot, um, but we'll see what happens this week against the Trojans secondary. Uh, so, but that's going to be, I think, obviously a key matchup to watch, at least from the Trojan defensive side of things uh, against Falk, is... Can they keep everything in front of them? Can they limit those passes? And can the USC defensive line get some pressure or bat down some balls and help them out uh, as much as they can? Now you flip it over to the Trojans on offense right now. It seems like the last game and a half, two games, things have been in just a little bit of a funk at times. And so if this could be a game that things could break out and things could really get back to – to really cruising along, that would be ideal timing. And I think there's nobody more important for that than Sam Darnold. I think Sam is the key to this game. If Sam can be the Sam Darnold, because you know they haven't seen a quarterback like Sam so far this year. And if that can happen, that would go a long way toward getting things going. Clay Helton has hammered things all week in terms of the important part of this football game is that the Trojans have to be able to run the football. Teams have been loading the box against USC and haven't been seeing a ton of success lately running the ball. Last week, Ronald Jones was not available. He should be available this year. But you got to be able to run the ball, and then Sam has to be able to hit some passes downfield in order to get that defense to loosen up a little bit and not clog that box so much. The offensive line, obviously a big part of that. They There were some struggles last week against Cal. If, 
that area comes together, get Sam be able to hit some passes, and then get that going, get the run game going a little bit. That would be the big key for the Trojans on offense. Let's go over some of the injuries. Those are obviously important now for this one. Uh, it does look like Ronald Jones and Deontay Burnett will both play. Ronald had a leg injury. Deontay sat out this week with a shoulder injury, but Clay Helton saying after practice uh, on Tuesday, yeah, we anticipate that he will uh, be, be able to play. And it does look like Rasheem Green on defense will be able to play as well. The two guys who still look out, uh, Porter Gustin and Daniel Imator Bebe, we will not uh, be seeing them. But uh, you got the Trojans have Oregon State next. That should be a game that is very, very winnable based on everything we've seen so far. So this is really uh, the game that USC, you get past this one, you get an extra day of rest on Saturday, and you're not playing again until a week after that. So if there's anything that come close to a bye week for the Trojans this year, it's getting an extra day of rest. But you're going up there on Friday. It's a short travel week. The Trojans are back-to-back -back road games playing at Cal last Saturday, and the change of practice schedule this week with a Friday game, and then you hop on a plane and you head on up to Pullman. A lot of things that are just different enough for this game. And then you got Mike Leach sitting up there with a good quarterback waiting to do whatever he does. So uh, very interesting football game. Trojans going up there as the favorite, and uh, it should be a lot of fun on Friday night. So for the rest of this podcast, we have an interview coming up with Akili Ross. And then it's myself, Johnny Curran, and Greg Katz talking about the things we saw in practice. And then Kevin Bruce with a look at defensively speaking, talking about how he would look to go against Luke Falk. Enjoy the podcast. Akili Ross, hearing you in your post-game radio interview after Saturday, you could hear the joy in your voice after getting that kind of energy, getting that kind of experience, and getting your pick. Just round that all out for us. Oh uh, man, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. I think the best part of it when I was trying to get up and my teammates was just mobbing and rushing me. It was just so much joy, you know, like you said, I was just so excited and, and, and happy and confident. Just, you know, all the hard work I put in just paid off in a major way. And uh, I didn't, uh, you know, there was no lack of anything, you know, the lack of play or nothing like that, lack of confidence or anything. I felt so, I felt loose and, and really ready to go. Tell me about the statement you made, and if I get it right, that you made an effort this offseason to be a consistent ball hawk. Mm -hmm. Love that statement. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, every single day, uh, a part of every single workout routine I did, I made sure the ball was in the air and I was going to go get it. Uh, whether it was uh, flat angles, 45 angles, ball in the air at the post, anything. I was breaking at every single angle and translating it to practice. You know, uh, with a lot of film watching this fall camp, man, I almost had double-digit interceptions. Mm -hmm. So um, it paid off majorly, but just just catching as much balls as I can and breaking out of breaking on routes and as much as I see on film, trying to translate it to the field, man, it's been working majorly. And obviously uh, a test coming up on Friday night. Yes. A quarterback, 77% IQ. That's a guy who's not making many mistakes no matter where he's throwing it. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of that I can say because he throws a lot of short intermediate routes, you know, uh, I'm waiting for him to test us deep. You know, I want him to test us deep, see see where his deep ball looking like. Not not throw any shade at him or anything like that, but you know, he's a well respected quarterback. He's got you know top quarterback for this NFL draft. Uh, he's really good. You know, he has a really good arm. Um, he's really smart. He he knows how to put his his his, his team in position. So, you know that it speaks it speaks dividends. You know, so I see why he definitely has a 77 uh, percent completion rating, which is all outstanding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, you got to respect you got to respect him. Uh, now, obviously, you're saying t testing deep. No DB wants to get beat deep, and I know that's something for your secondary. That's a big thing for you guys. 
Just talk about that mindset and going out there every single week and saying this is something we're not going to let happen. Yes. Um, honestly, it's a mindset, like you said, and we challenge each other as brothers. Uh, every time we walk on the field, it's a mentality. You know, uh, when the ball's in the air, when it's your one-on-one matchup, you win it. You win it. And if you get beat, get beat physically. You know, somebody else will come make the tackle. You come make the tackle. Uh, that's what we pride ourselves on, you know. And, and, and we've done that since since we first got here together, um, since before the coaching changes or anything like that. That's what we have always prided ourselves on. And we've been together for quite a bit. This is our third year together, you know. You know, uh, the camaraderie between us all is, is ridiculous, you know. And uh, that helps us a lot. So talk about the vibe on the team right now. A third of the season is done, and you are sitting here at 4-0, and you get the sense that the best football is still ahead of this football team. So talk about that. Um, it's exciting, but at the same time, you know, it, uh, it, it, we know that it takes work to get there, and it takes hard work every day, consistency all the time, and uh, that's what we come out here to do uh, every day. You know, Coach P preaches it, our leaders preach it, and uh, we just try to live it. It's just come out here and get better every single day and every single time we out here. You know, like you said, uh, the best football is still ahead of us. You know? One of the things I respected about your high school career is that you went to a program that hadn't won in a long time, and in your senior year, you guys did win. Yeah. And so all the noise that's around, and you sit there and say, wait, we're 4-0 right now. You've been through that. You've seen how a winning program can be put together, and you see those steps being taken right now with this team. Yes. Oh man, it's it's all about. I think, I think the coaching as far as you know, I can I can, I can compare the coaching because Coach Brown and Coach Helton definitely relate. You know, Coach Brown comes from a family where his dad was a head coach at Fresno State. You know, he had a lot of brothers who, uh, uh, brother played here actually. He was one of the first two way players. Um, they had a lot of league experience as a family. He really taught brotherhood and, and, and family and, and technique and, and attention to details and being consistent. You know, the same things that our coaches talk about. And then as players, we, we our leadership is just is out of out of this world, you know. Um, when you think about the seniors, it's there, there there's this kind of respect to where you you don't there's certain things that you don't do. You get what I'm saying? And that is implemented in a, in a heavy way. And we all get it, you know? And uh, it's brought us so much closer. And the fact that we've been together for, for about three years now has is, is helped us tremendously because we've been able to deal with each other. We've been able to get used to each other's emotions and feelings because all that matters, you know? Um, uh, we know when someone gets mad, we know how that person reacts, how, how to fix that, how to, how to help this, you know, instead of just, you know, just getting on them and doing you know, so we know each other, and uh, it's, it, it shows. It shows. The camaraderie shows. You know, this camaraderie of the defense and, and, and the team and cheering and celebrating it. Man, it shows. It looks good. When I go back home and I watch and I watch the TV version, and I just like, man, that looks that looks way better than it uh, did when I was first here. And I'm not knocking any coaches or anything like that. Just the energy of the of the team. You know. Thanks for your time, Akili. Good luck on Friday. Thank you. This week in USC practice, Gary Pasquitz, Johnny Kern, and Greg Katz. Uh, guys just want to go around and talk about something that stood out from us uh, this week in practice. That might be pertinent to the game and what happens. Uh, I'm going to start off talking about the fact that we saw two of the – one of the backs that was out last week, Ronald Jones, uh, was back in practice in a limited role, but good to see him back and the encouraging signs from Clay Helton about him potentially playing in the game. And then Aka Cedric Ware had been out on Tuesday but came back and got a little bit of work on uh, Wednesday, well, shifted practices around Monday and Tuesday instead of the Tuesday, Wednesday. But the reason I think it's important is because I think 
running the ball is going to be so important in this game to, in terms of getting the flow of the offense going. Clay Helton has mentioned it many times. We need to run the football. We need to be able to throw the football once we loosen up the, 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 the loading the box of the defense, and there's no way we're going to do that unless we absolutely run the football. I am taking away nothing from Stephen Carr and Vavai Malapai and Akasajik where what they did on Saturday, but obviously getting Ronald Jones back in this game I think would be something that's key, and if you have all four of that complement, it's even better. So to see them all out there and in some way, shape, or form this week was encouraging to me. I think it's going to be important. And what that also would do, I think, if you have Ronald Jones a little bit more and if you have Aka, Cedric, and Vavai, is perhaps allow you to use Stephen Carr a little bit more in the passing game. I think that young man has shown us so much catching the football, and I would have no problems if his carries were reduced a little bit from 20 and you got him more involved in the passing game that way. Would love to see that. But I just think the running backs, if you look at everything involved, getting them going this game is going to be so important. Johnny. Uh, for me, the thing that's really kind of stood out to me that I've been keeping a close eye on this week has been the, the wide receivers' positions. Um, you know, I think we're all, everyone's kind of waiting still for Sam Darnold to mesh with these guys beyond Deontay Burnett. We just haven't seen it yet. And it was kind of an interesting week because we've had a number of key guys out. You had Deontay Burnett not practicing this week, Stephen Mitchell still out, uh, Valus Jones. So it's kind of given an opportunity to some of the younger guys to show what they can do. And I think one, one guy who really stepped up to keep an eye on is uh, Tyler Vons. We've seen steady strides from him you know, throughout the season, but he's never really st- – completely stepped into the role as a potential go-to guy um definitely on the monday practice he was you know put on the show in, in practice caught a couple long touchdowns caught literally everything thrown his way so that's something to keep an eye on um that slot position is interesting because there are so many guys out uh helton said something key today he thinks it sounds like burnett's probably going to be back in time to play in that game they're hoping that he's going to come back tomorrow get some more work and that's obviously huge uh without him it would be kind of interesting to see what would happen uh, we saw a lot of Trayvon Sidney this week and to his credit I thought he kind of he showed some stuff to you know for the future where he could potentially be a guy to step in uh, I don't think that time is right now so uh Burnett obviously getting him back is going to be key too but yeah that wide, wide receiver position uh, is, is something that I was definitely playing close close attention to this week I'll say this on, on Sydney: the young man catches the football <laughs> he does that, and I thought Josh Imatorbebe um, has not been consistent throughout. But nice week this week, Josh Imatorbebe. Greg. Well, I'll tell you what, piggybacking on uh, some of what John says, uh, I, this is going to sound sacrilege, but uh, I'm concerned about Sam Darnold a little bit. Uh, watching him at Cal, uh, there was things that he did and the way he reacted, and, and, and some of it's not his fault. He's got an offensive line that's inconsistent. He's missing two all-pack 12 tackles from last year. He's, he's being sacked now. He wasn't sacked like this last year. So, obviously, he can feel it a little bit. Uh, I think the teams are more aggressive at him. Uh, he's got receivers that drop the ball. He, he doesn't have Daniel in Motobebe, which was a tremendous, huge, huge. huge. And you go, well, who's he going to do that? I mean, if you got Burnett and you have Daniel in there, he's got some people to play off of. And then I, I'm concerned uh, for him about uh, this Heisman thing. I think that... He's got to be feeling the weight of the entire team, his own personal. He's the face of college football. Guys on television talk about it. Uh, uh, Gary and I, you were talking about it earlier. You know, people on TV are already projecting him going to the New York Jets. And, you know, he's got a lot of stuff to have to deal with. And we forget he's just a registered sophomore. I think what I, I might be wrong is I think his record is something like 13 and 1, something like that. 
you know, he's still a baby in a lot of ways. And he's a reserve guy. He's the greatest guy in the world. He's, he's a team guy totally. But you know what? Uh, I remember how it got to Leinert. And Leinert had far more experience uh, and had, had honestly a better team around him. And it got to Leinert. Leinert felt more comfortable in the games. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested. It's going to happen Friday night on national TV. ESPN, uh, the Trojans and the, and the Cougars are the only game in town. And what's going to happen in that game, it, you know, might be a who scores last type of game. And I'm hoping that Sam will feel comfortable there. Uh, to me, he's still captain comeback, so I'm not worried if it's in the clutch. But what goes on sometimes for the first three quarters, you know, how's he going to react? I, I love the statement that T. Martin made yesterday. Someone asked, you know, okay, now that we're one-third of the way through the season, what are you looking for from Sam Darnold moving forward? Stay unbeaten. Let's not forget, you know, thirteen and one. What you said, whatever the the record is, he he wins, he wins, and we're winning right now. But your point, your point is a valid one because uh, the spotlight at USC with a quarterback position, like you said, with Leinert, it can be unique, and there's no doubt about it. So it's going to be a fun one on Friday. There's no doubt about it. Kevin Bruce, uh, boy, Kevin Trojan sitting at four and zero right now, but a big test for the defense uh, coming up on Friday night with. Uh, Mike Leach, Luke Falk, and, and, and a really a, a sophisticated Washington State offense. Tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah, it, it very much is, uh, sophisticated uh, first and foremost. Uh, a, a lot of ball distribution, uh, similar to Cal in the sense that, that Leach will use the entire uh, field in terms of his play calling, but uh, dissimilar to Cal or any other team that we played so far. You, you got a, just an outstanding difficult to defend quarterback and uh, it, the receiver core very strong i would also point out given what i've looked at is the offensive line is is pretty darn good for washington state and they're, they're able to defend uh, and, and protect very well so uh we we've got a uh a serious uh, challenge on our hands offensively um, oh, by the way, I think Washington State's defense is also pretty solid, too, though the quality right. of, of competition is a little less than what we've seen, though I will tell you that uh, you know, a lot of the effectiveness of our defense will depend on our offense. Uh, in other words, keeping uh, our guys off the field and, mm -hmm. and uh, ball control, third down, uh, effectiveness, et cetera, uh, is really going to help a lot. So that said, I would say this. Uh, uh, Washington State uses all manner of different uh, looks. Uh, they're very effective uh, throwing to the running backs, by the way, both on not just screens but checkdowns and uh, underneath uh, shorter uh, shorter uh, uh, patterns. Uh, very very effective, very efficient, uh, but, uh, and which isn't particularly difficult to defend on third down and short. Those types of either play actions or just those quick throws. Uh, unless you're jumping uh, routes, you got to get your hands up, and which is something we've demonstrated an ability to do. So, you know, that's that's encouraging. I think uh, Clancy will have a little more in his uh, his pocket. You will see certainly the quote dying package, but I think you'll see right. a different version of it. Uh, less uh, of putting a, another safety into the box, which is what he did with the Marvell. Uh, tell last week against Cal, which which was brilliant in the second half, by the way. Um, I think you see less of that. Uh, you'll see uh, a dime package, but more of a receiver uh, coverage set versus a run stop set. Now, that's what what that means then is that you have five 
players in the box, four down uh, linemen and by Cam Smith, uh, responsible for stopping the run. And that's, that's going to be a challenge. And the second piece of that challenge coming from the line of scrimmage is putting pressure on the quarterback and then hands mm-hmm. up in the air. So those those combined uh, are are uh, the task at hand, and um, it, it's a you know a quick week to turn around. It's up in the, the Palouse, right, which is a, a crazy place to play. Frankly, it's uh, it's loud. It's it's smallish. It's loud. It's uh, I believe it's artificial surface. Uh, so it's quick, fast, uh, and um, but you know what? That's why we put the equipment on, go out, and keep score. That's it. That's, that is the truth. And I want to talk about a couple of the elements that you gave us in there. Um, the the efficient passing game. The one thing I was talking to Akili Ross yesterday about, he says they, they don't go deep a lot. because it, It's a lot of intermediate and short stuff where he's getting the ball out really quick. Um, talk about how you get pressure on Falk when he's getting rid of the ball quick. I thought the one beautiful play from Nwusu last week, he wasn't going to get there, and so he just kind of stayed where he was, put his hands in the air, and batted the ball down. How would you effectively try to get that pressure on Falk? Yeah, you. Uh, I tell you what, what, what we have seen defenses do to Sam, that's what you do to to, uh, to Falk. And uh, and by that I mean this: there are certain lanes that he likes to go to when he uh, extends the pocket a little bit, um, and he's right-handed, so he has a tendency to to move to his right in that situation. Not unusual at all, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, therefore, there's certain intermediate to short uh, uh, lanes that he's going to throw to a little bit, not exactly over the middle, but moving away or to the sideline because as the play develops and, the, and the, you know, the uh, protection starts to break down a little bit, you know, that's, that's the ball's going to go in one of those kind of two areas. So there's really, you know, two major lanes that the um, defensive uh, uh, coverage folks should be worried about. Up at the line of scrimmage, uh, and that's what Nuoso did. Uh, he anticipated where that lane was going to be and was looking at the quarterback. And as, as he moved uh, his arm, he, you know, up in the air, good athlete that he is, and so on. Well, the, the rest of the the uh, either you're putting pressure on, you know, physical pressure onto the quarterback, or you got to get your hands up in the air. Even if you're not in a good passing rush lane, or fine, put your hands up in the air anyway. You just don't know, right? Uh, the ball can come out a little little odd, a little off. Uh, it's, a, it's a different look. It can be very effective, nonetheless. It also obscures uh, the vision of the quarterback, uh, who, who is tall, but that doesn't mean he's taller than everybody on the field, especially when their arms are up in the air and you got uh, you know guys with hostile intent rushing at you. You, you tend to kind of get happy feet and move around a little bit. So um, that's the defense against uh, you know, quick throws. Uh, it, it, they're they're going to complete some balls too. I mean, if we can keep it you know at 60 to 65 percent completion, uh, that's probably a good uh, ratio. The That's deep ball, I think, right is in, yeah, exactly. That'd be a major change from a guy who's hitting seventy-eight percent or so. The deep ball is something that, quite honestly, I think we'll see two to three uh, deep throws and okay. uh, attempts at that. And it, but they're not going to, oh, uh, you know, certainly abandon the deep throw. They're just going to pick their spot and go for it, and uh, uh, you know, bring guys up. So let's uh, let's just see how that rolls. Kevin, I want to ask you about the look that we saw last week, particularly with the four down linemen. Um, is this because Rector is being inserted in the lineup, or is this just a change Clancy was going to naturally make? No, I think this is a function of, of Rector uh, entering into the starting lineup. Uh, I, you know, what Clancy had established earlier in the season uh, was with Porter at the, at the uh, you know outside linebacker position, and 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 uh, 
Christian was going to play a, you know, supporting role, mostly as a three technique or maybe even a one technique, you know, in more further down the line of scrimmage. What's happened now is he just brings, he, uh, Rector brings such a different look to the defensive line. Um, his length, his strength, um, his speed, uh, allows, uh, us to put a lot of pressure on the pocket. Whereas with Porter, it's, he's more of an outside linebacker slash defensive end. And then Rector is clearly a defensive end that could play a little bit of uh, outside linebacker, but I wouldn't want to put him in, into coverage, right? So, that, that's that's what your trade-off on that, but what it's done is, is put a lot of pressure onto the into the pocket, and it's been very effective. Uh, let's face it, uh, you know, Christian has just been a game changer. I mean, you know, full stop right there. I mean, you know, um, very timely in that regard. Um, the rest of the defensive lines, then uh, I think, has stepped up uh, uh, very nicely. I think. Uh, Fatu is probably one of the most improved uh, linemen on the field right now. Um, he's done a, a, a very nice job building upon what I thought was a not a great effort uh, results-wise against Western Michigan. He's really come on strong, and, and that's very necessary, frankly. It's just it, all the positions are critical, but that it, you build around the middle of, of the line of scrimmage, right? And if mm. you don't have that in control, you're really going to have some difficult days, that's for sure. Uh, and then Nwosu has been awesome, and Rasheem Green uh, is just these these are these guys just shake it up. If you're on the uh, offensive side of the ball, you have to know where Nwosu is, and you have to know where Green is. Well, guess what? You now need to pick up where Rector is, and that makes a big difference. Uh, I'd add Cam Smith into that equation as well. Cam is an interesting story because as I look at that, I go, you know, he's he's very good at coverage, very rangy uh, uh, linebacker. He doesn't get a lot of credit for, you know, speed. And this. He, he's not a speed guy, but he covers a lot of territory. He's great laterally. He, he anticipates well. He gets to the ball. Um, I, I just – I like what he does. He's also setting the defense and – you know those those uh, uh, deliverables in a game are, are really really important, and we did see the difference in the first half in Western Michigan when he wasn't in the game. 